even if a global depression happens, I'm not sitting here biting my nails worried about any of this stuff. I'm doing what I can to prepare and to think about how best to protect my family. Welcome to the Father and Son Podcast, where my father and I discuss anything that's been in our minds lately. In this week's episode, we're taking a look at inflation and how it might result in a financial crash worse than the 2008 crash. We also brainstorm ways that we can benefit from a crash of that magnitude. Hope you enjoy. It's been a couple of weeks since you and I did one of these. It has. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Miss you. I miss you too. We haven't talked since the last time we did a podcast <laughs> yeah, episode. Basically, it's been, it's been tough for me. I, yeah. I can't talk to you unless there's a microphone. Yeah, yeah. How, how funny is that? It's either we have these long form conversations, or it's it's a short two le- two word text. Get milk. <laughs> Come yeah. home. Where are you? Exactly. So um, let's make sure we we never stop doing this. Mm-hmm. So. There is something I'm hoping to explore with you because it's been something that's been occupying my mind. And th- there's a practical side to it. Uh-huh. And then there is a deeper side to it around okay. why am I thinking about it? Why am I scared? And what are you thinking about? I just feel in my gut and also have some data to indicate that we're on the precipice of something. What do you mean by something like apocalypse, like a zombie some, apocalypse? I, I feel like we're on the precipice of some sort of financial apocalypse. Uh, apocalypse. Like and a 2008? It, much worse. Oh, wow. I think a 2008 was just a uh, a head cold compared to what's coming. And and so there's a couple of parts to this. There is, is this just an unfounded overreaction? Like is this whole thing just... You a, have trauma from before and you're scared for it to happen again? Yeah, I mean, is exactly. Is this something that either it's there's an element of conspiracy theory and or people doomsday scenario people out there, you know, fanning the flames of the stuff. Um, plus, I have some trauma having lived through two of these in my lifetime. Uh huh. That that I actually, I well, I've lived through more than this. What, when you, what do you mean by these? Like we haven't explained fully. Like, what are you afraid of? Um, what are you afraid of? First happening? of all, I'm not afraid. But in 2000, and we've talked about this before. Yeah, we've we, talked about I this I think in our, first, in our first episode, yeah. losing a bunch of money. But when you're young or young enough or it's basically not too much older than you are now, you still have a long time to recover. Mm-hmm. And so y- the older you get, the more risk averse you get. And now I'm 22 years from, you know, since that, that's happened. But then again, in 2008, there was also some sort of financial crisis. It wasn't some sort. It was a financial crisis that resulted in the company I was working for being bought out by another bank. Uh And I remember we were in New York. And again, we spoke about this before, but I I was in New York during this and uh, working on a project, a a derivatives project. What's a derivatives project? It's a financial instrument, the same instrument that resulted in the catastrophic collapse of the U.S. and global markets, right? And I remember watching the news, wondering if the company I'm working for, is it going to be 
open on Monday because other companies had collapsed already and there were all these images of people walking out of the, you know, Bear Stearns. Like uh, walking out of the offices knowing they're not going back. No, walking out of the offices cause the, w- with boxes of stuff because it's collapsed. Uh-huh. The entire firm has collapsed. And, and so it was thought that the company I was working for was the next in line. And so th- there is the trauma of that. Knowing what's happened before and what would knowing, happen if it was even worse. And it was, and we've learned from it. It's not just trauma, you've learned. You've learned that there are these systemic things that cause, um, you know, the entire system to collapse. Are you seeing the same signs now that you saw back then? Maybe maybe before, back then you didn't know what it was, but now you can see it re- repeating? Well, back then I absolutely did not see the signs. I was so in the box you didn't pay attention. I didn't even know there was a, a box. That's uh-huh. how in the box I was. Right? I was just working on my my projects in the bank, and uh, little did I know how the housing market was connected. Yeah, to you weren't you weren't watching. You're just focusing on your own part of the yeah, world. Yeah, and, and neither was anybody really watching it, other than very very few people that you know the book Michael the, Burry, uh, the Big Short, the Big Short, right? The the, the famous Michael Burry. And then now there seems we seem to be on the precipice of something much bigger because I'm going to say a bunch of things that are not connected. I'm going to do a brain dump and you help me organize my information. All right. I, I need you almost to be like a th- therapist. Uh, yeah. A therapist or someone to be on the receiving end of a whole b- a brain dump. And then you help me take that dump and, and form formulate something out of it. Okay. So first there's cryptocurrency uh-huh. and NFTs and everything having to do with the blockchain. Yep. And you have NFTs, these things that were just invented almost a second ago. And, and now they're, nobody cares about them anymore. Well, already. they went through this uh, crazy growth and then crazy drop. Exactly. And, you know, people created his, sold it on Christie's for $69 million. Everyone's selling NFTs. And there's something interesting there. And people buying the CryptoPunks for $1 million, selling it for $2 million. And then all of a sudden... They're gone. And they're not completely gone, but, but they're nowhere near what they were before. Exactly. Like no, you're so not waking up and looking at new NFTs to buy. But people are spending sixty-nine million dollars on, on a gift, right? Yeah. And imagine what you can buy for sixty-nine million dollars. You can buy not a lot. You can buy, you know, the houses Elon Musk just sold. Yeah. Right. You can. <laughs> it's a lot of instead money. Instead of a gift, you can buy all those homes, right? And still have a bunch of money to mm. buy some Teslas, the Plaid version, of course. And so th- you have that. Is it played or plaid? Played. Okay, played. Uh, well played, Yusuf. No problem. And then you have cryptocurrency. <laughs> I just got <laughs> I just got it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right n- keep going with your brain dump. Okay, so there's the, uh, the NFTs. But then much larger than the NFTs is the whole cryptocurrency craze. Bitcoin. Bitcoin. Light, what is it? Ripple. Doge. All of these things, right? And then everyone is now... Buying crypto. Everybody now all of a sudden knows what they're doing about crypto. Everyone's buying crypto. Everyone's talking to me about crypto. Everyone's asking me, what do you think about crypto? Are you buying crypto, etc.? Now, I believe in crypto. I believe it will last for a long time. Or that's it. It's here to stay. I believe and understand and I'm a big proponent of the underlying technology, blockchain. Uh But when the barber is telling me he's buying crypto... Then you know, like when, when everybody's starting to do it, then it's near its end. Yeah. Then you know you're on, you, like when you're buying stocks and everybody all of a sudden buys AMD. Now it's a little too late to buy AMD when everybody's exactly. buying. Exactly. When your barber is looking to buy crypto to buy Doge, 
then you know it's something's about to happen. Then you know that you know the whole thing has jumped the shark. And so that reminds me of 2000 in the stock market when we were trading penny stocks and we were trading stocks and I remember websites used to come out. Company would say we have a new website and their stock price would go up by 40%. Now Elon Musk tweets or some somebody tweets and Dogecoin adds a couple of billion. But they're getting in value. trouble for that. Like the SEC is not happy with that because Elon Musk and Michael Burry, these people have such big influence on the world that when they say something like that, something actually happened. That's, that's they move why markets. My, that's well, why Michael Burry's Twitter was deleted, right? Uh, yeah, exactly. Because he was saying he's saying things and the SEC is not happy about it. So he got his Twitter because deleted. they believe he's creating market panic. And w- he will cause what well, he, he's 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 saying what's going to happen, but he's also causing us what they think. Exactly. Some might say he's manipulating or moving the market. Others might say that he's predicting. He's he's predicting and just telling people in the same way as he was the Warner before. You know, he was you the know, 2008 crisis. The 2008. Although he wasn't really, he didn't have the platform he had now. Uh, yeah, he he's he like, was just nobody. He was Michael Burry. Now he's the Michael Burry. He's the me, me, exactly the one from the movie, and so. I feel that Bitcoin and I think the total cryptocurrency market now is something about 1.5 trillion or something like that last I checked. <laughs> That's a lot of money. Yeah. And I I feel like there's a ton of value about to be wiped off. I think there's a couple of things going to happen. I think there's a lot of people putting money in. Left, right, and center people around me are putting money in. And I know people who put in, in Ethereum and, and Bitcoin when it was almost at its last peak and so now they have lost half Uh and so when people lose that much money you have really one of three options you dump the stock because you think that's it it's gonna gonna keep going down you want to cut your losses cut your losses you double down you just hold hold and whatever hold as long as Uh and my experience a lot of people cut their losses just sell or you can buy more. Or you feel some people buy more and then sell. Uh-huh. Or yeah. you can do nothing and just leave it in your portfolio and go about your life. Yeah, exactly. Or and the smartest money does dollar cost averaging, but nobody really does that themselves unless they have the discipline to do it or somebody who has the discipline to do it for them. Uh-huh. Okay, so I feel you feel you ha- I you feel like cryptocurrency is about to go you feel it in your knee. Yeah, I feel it in my knee because you well, were actually, in, you were you were injured in the last in the last war, and you still feel it in your knee now. Yeah, and and when the storm's coming, I feel it in my or in my case, my lower back, <laughs> and and there's a storm coming. All right, right. Okay. So what can we? Do? Okay. So no, no, that's just one data point. Crypto. Patience, my son. There's more coming. Uh huh. All right. I need you to increase your RAM to store all of this as I'm talking to help me synthesize it. Okay. So that's the crypto side of things. Now let's talk about inflation. The U.S. government is printing money like nobody's business. I mean, they they can't even physically print as much money. They're just like putting zeros in ledgers and and putting money in people's bank accounts, right? Mm-hmm. And stimulus checks, stimulus checks, and and then funding the empire, right? So this has resulted in real inflation that's being felt by local business owners and local consumers now all of a sudden everybody has an extra fourteen hundred dollars in their bank account 
So now the prices are also going to go up because you have all this extra money. So a business owner can now hire prices because everybody now has this base $1,400. So prices can start going up. Well, it's not because people have more money that the business owners are charging more. It's because the value of money is less. It's not that Amazon is saying that people have more money. They will make more money. Yeah, it's not. It's not about that. It's the fact that they're diluting the monetary supply to the extent that money is worth less. Your ability to buy, their ability to buy, what you can with a dollar is getting less. You can't, like here in Turkey, a water bottle, like a, uh, let's say a random, something random in America would be a dollar is here for twenty liras, like twenty. I'll give you some real examples from a business owner that I spoke to. And from our perspective, uh, us as consumers. Uh-huh. So I was just I was just speaking to your your grandfather. He owns a construction company. One piece of two by four wood used to cost three dollars just a couple of months ago. Now costs ten dollars. Mm-hmm. And so his business is no longer tenable. He can't make money because the prices are going up so much. Triple, wood is now triple the price, and. It's not directly caused by stimulus checks. There's a lot of different variables. variables for that. You can argue that Corona has something to do with that. But there is real inflation that's being felt by business owners and by consumers. We went to buy some appliances last week. We ag- discussed the prices on Monday. Mama came home to discuss it with me. We agreed. She went back on Tuesday and she said that prices are now up by 10%. So did you guys buy we bought them for ten percent more. Wow! And so, and that's not even dollar; it's a lira. This is in the lira, and so you have this inflation that's happening. And if you look at what happened with Germany, what happened with Germany? The inflation that hit Germany. Oh, after after the World Wars, you mean? After it World didn't War, happen overnight. It took eight nine years before inflation went through the roof. When people just started plastering their walls with the currency instead of we're burning it it. It it's no longer worth the money it was printed on and i feel that something is happening along those lines yeah but at the same time will it do you think will be as bad as american citizens just burning dollars because it's keep them warm i i don't think so because and i'm not a monetary supply expert I'm just somebody who watches YouTube videos mm-hmm. and listens to podcasts w- in which experts talk about these things. Yeah. And I think the fact that the dollar is still the world's reserve currency. Something, somebody, people will help keep it up. It's what's keeping it up. So in Turkey, they, they don't trust the lira, but they trust the dollar. Same thing for most emerging markets. P- the they're backed by people the, like they used to be backed by gold. Now they're backed by the dollar and gold. Uh-huh. The, the, oh, really? Yeah. The people still love gold. So people are still hoarding gold because they, they, it's not going anywhere, right? It's um, Somebody's called it God's currency, <laughs> but also the dollar. And so the fact that the world still believes the, do- the dollar in the dollar more than m- their own local currency keeps it... Keeps it afloat. Keeps it inflated. And I think to tie it back to Bitcoin, that's why these central governments will eventually not just take Bitcoin lying down. China's now cracking down. India's cracking down. I think eventually the U.S. will crack down because it removes the need for a government. A big big part part of the government. A big part of the government. And so this is inflation and the 
spending, the proliferation of, of printing money and inflation, which then will become hyperinflation, that's another... That's not, so right now you have cryptocurrency and inflation as your, as your data dumps. What's next? I think that's enough in terms of those are the, there's other concerns but those are my two major concerns major concerns because crypto right because this crypto because you talked about cryptocurrency is that to you the one of the, that's to you right now that's the warning sign of that will lead to inflation or help uh will, that will call not cause but be one of the causes of, of inflation that's one of the signs no it's not one of the signs creating inflation these are th- so you're not creating inflation. you know what i'm trying to do with you what? i'm trying to see the system and i'm remember in the systems thinking mm-hmm. podcast where i was telling you you have to take a step back and try to see the system in the same way michael burry saw the system and he knew that the triple a loans and the he saw he took back and he he stood back and looked at the entire horizon he wasn't focused on the house you know or the bird flying he was looking at the entire picture entire picture so i'm just trying to use your young fresh mind to see the whole picture and and maybe figure out what i should be doing let's try and solve inflation together right now in this podcast <laughs> no it's i don't want to solve inflation because that's not my power my what's in my power is what to invest in uh-huh. which is now the next part of this so if cryptocurrencies are you think are gonna they're gonna eventually assume they're gonna crash something's gonna happen because now every because this is in stocks as well when every single person jumps on that's when every yes. that's when the smart okay. people get now, out. Now we're now we're in the second part of the conversation, which is a specula- speculation. Uh-huh. We're gonna speculate now, and I speculate that cryptocurrency will crash. And well, some people argue that it's already crashed recently, sixty to thirty. Now I'm talking about much bigger than that. I think it will go from sixty to three. Oh, so like it will really go like down. seriously crash to the to. And right now, it's still interesting. People, this is cool little project. Oh, I'm people get are in. like, "Oh, I'm still gonna get in." This was the crash. When there's a crash, there's panic. There's no panic right now. So there's come corrections, but there's no panic. Panic is what creates a crash. When everybody just starts mass, like everybody sells. Yeah, it's a panic. Like people are panicked. Oh my god. And there's a sense of panic. Like happened. The closest thing you probably remember is a year ago when Corona happened. Yeah, and you saw the markets go from the Dow go from thirty to nineteen. Mm-hmm. That that's panic, or when people go buy toilet paper in mass. Yeah, everybody buys every all the toilet paper. That's panic. Yeah. That's panic. I think that there'll be something similar in cryptocurrency. And will that cause people in the future, like in the future, will that cause people to stay away from it because it's so fresh on our mind in their minds that. The crypto's crashed and it's raped out everybody's money, so everybody stays away from it. Is do you think that will happen? I think yes. I think a lot of people will lose a lot of money and just give up on crypto. And then the and rich, and then the smart people, then they'll make their money, and then eventually, in ten years, everybody's gonna forget and come back, and then we're gonna repeat this again. Because I feel like what the big, the biggest catalyst to all this is the regular, the laymen, like people like me and you jumping on crypto and the barber and the taxi driver jumping on cryptocurrency and they're the ones that mass sell, mass sell because people like me and you we don't know or i don't know about you but me we don't know enough to f- make decisions the, like the best decisions so when we buy all this we were using our money we're not 
big banks or the money isn't ours, it's other people's money. But when we use our money and we buy uh, Bitcoin, we buy a third of a Bitcoin, and when it crashes, well, not when it crashes, when it starts to go down, we get scared and we sell it. And then our friends see it and they sell it, and their friends see it and they sell it. And then we cause the crash. We're the ones panicking. But if it was just the banks and the smart people, it w- that wouldn't happen. So I feel like the biggest catalyst is the layman. Yes. The laymen are the problem. Yes. Somebody should stop somebody should stop them from, from buying stocks. Everybody should have a license. Yeah, exactly. I mean look at Robin Hood. That was the problem with Robin Hood and the Cash App is What's problem what's the problem with it? The Robin Hood made it so easy for Oh that everybody and their mother was trading. Yeah, everyone's buying, you know, these meme stocks and driving them uh, these effectively bad business models. They're not doing it. They're not. Do, they're not buying they're not or selling. Based, they're not. They're on not like, Warren Buffett. They're yeah, not doing it based on fundamentals oh, or based on technical might, yeah. analysis. They're ba- They're doing it because oh, that's a cool stock. I used to go there with my dad and watch like Monster. Yeah, Inc. stick that's it to the man and all this kind of stuff. And there's people shorting it. We're gonna go against the the, the hedge funds that are shorting the stock, and we're gonna punish them. Make them lose a lot of money. Yeah, but let's let's just get back to, to where we were, and so, I speculate that there's gonna be panic on bitcoin mm-hmm. and there's gonna be a lot of people losing a lot of money and the barber that's borrowing money from his mother-in-law so that uh, he can buy a coin all of a sudden his mother-in-law is gonna ask for her money back and there's gonna be panic and panic selling and all this kind of stuff and then the mother-in-law is going to after he loses her thirty thousand dollars hate him for the rest of his life and mm-hmm. it's gonna cause a lot of problems yeah and the barber is gonna end up ruining my hair right? <laughs> <laughs> that's how it's gonna end up impacting me but the point of all of this is i still believe in bitcoin so during this panic i want to buy bitcoin when it when it, when the panic happens that's when you want to buy when yeah, everybody's but I'm not jumping gonna try to time it you're just gonna do it once i feel there's panic in the air i'm gonna start dollar cost average buying i'm gonna buy what's dollar cost average th- that's buying? when you instead of trying to time something like i'm gonna wait until the bottom i'm going to start buying a certain amount every month uh-huh Okay, so I'm not going to say, let's just say it goes down to a certain amount. I'll start buying, but mm-hmm. I won't invest all my money. I'll buy every, I'll buy every month on a uh-huh. certain date, a certain amount. Okay. Okay. Now, the interesting thing is, how do you know when panic ensues? Is there going to be... There's going to be people in the streets crying, oh, my Bitcoin's gone. Like, what's going to happen? I, I'm just going by what happened in 2008 and 2000 in terms of there's almost like a mood that, that permeates the layman that you said uh-huh. where if you say i'm going to invest in bitcoin people say are you insane yeah that's that's, that's when panic. that's that's when, when people are like are you stupid that's when i'll buy it's when all of those people are telling me you're insane don't you dare buy because that means they're not buying it <laughs> exactly and so that that's my plan and my speculation around that so how are you gonna how are you gonna test the waters you're gonna constantly talk to layman you're gonna walk no up no you'll, you'll see it that's the one thing you can now with the internet you can feel it you can feel the, what's the word for, is it gestalt or? What? <laughs> the, the, what's gestalt? I don't know. I think I might have used a, a big word incorrectly, but when the general mood or the entire picture. Okay, so that's that's Bitcoin. Okay, but now let's talk about inflation and how to protect ourselves from inflation. So if we have X amount of money in the bank and you're, do the, you know you're working hard 
You you're not spending money on your credit you're card. Just money staying in the bank. You're just putting it in the bank in U.S. dollar or Great British Pound or whatever. But you believe you speculate again that that money is going to be worth much less in the so, future. So you shouldn't leave it there. You should do something with it. You isn't there the old isn't there the old adage? Your money should you should you shouldn't work for your money. Your money should work for you. You should your money should work for you absolutely. Now my problem. Again, it goes back to uh, past experiences. Whenever I tried to make my money work for me, I've lost it. Mm-hmm. In what way? Like I've given it to people who've invested it in businesses that has gone to either zero or close to zero. What about housing? What about buying I've, housing? I have made money. That's the only place I've made money is when I bought a house and I sold it. And so what I'm thinking is, having done a bit of research, that the best way in the to protect in the future is having a property that can rent. You want to become a mogul. I don't want to become a mogul. I want to become somebody who can make sure he can take care of his family. Uh huh. But if I become a mogul, that'd be pretty nice along the way. Yeah, along the way that'd be awesome. Um, and so where my mind is right now is. Try to buy property that can rent. Okay. Buy gold. Where are you going to keep the gold? Not going to keep it in the house for those listening. I'm thinking of buying like a fund that tracks gold. All right. Although there's counterparty risk in that. What's counterparty risk? If there's a real doomsday scenario. (laughs) Then you can't actually, you don't actually have it in your hand somebody else has access to all of it yeah what if you're buying the gold at your local bank or your bank is giving you the equivalent of gold and like you give your bank a hundred thousand dollars and saying you have the equivalent of these many ounces of gold yeah doomsday happens you can't show somebody a paper say see i have this what if the bank shuts down really if you want to go full doomsday (laughs) then the banks have completely collapsed which i well, no, if I, I don't know if I'll go that far. And if that happens, then the world as we know it is Yeah, and in, in, in that case, you know, might as well get the bone arrows ready. And you start start rewatching some Van Nuys that quickly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. W- what were we going to do? Um, I was going to smelt a sword. Oh, yeah, yeah. Smelt a sword and kill deer and stuff. Exactly. If, if there's really that, we get to that point. But that, I, we're not there yet, hopefully. And I want this to be the third part of our conversation. But before, I, I want to finish the practical... So other things. So basically to protect against inflation, I'm thinking buy some gold, buy some property and continue buying some stock. Okay. And keep something liquid, like keep a portion in cash. But not all of it. Yeah. But reverse it from 80% in cash and 20 investment to 80 invest in those things I mentioned and 20% in cash. Uh-huh. And so th- that's how I plan on... That's my current plan. To survive the apocalypse? Ah- Ahmed's current plan is to survive the... Now, I... Yes, that's Ahmed's current plan to survive the apocalypse. But really, what I want to do is not survive the apocalypse. I want to be anti-fragile. To take something You want from, to become better. You want to... Yeah, I want someone... I want to cr- think of something that... To take from Nasim Talib. The, somebody who gains from disorder. Mm-hmm. The real trick here is not how do I protect against the apocalypse. How do I? How do you make apocalypse your your thing? Not how do you gain from it. How do you actually become anti-fragile? So anti-fragile is this notion of when something there's a cat- catastrophic event, you get stronger, you get better. I don't want to just protect against the catastrophic event. I want to gain from that catastrophic event. 
That's really that's the ultimate goal. That's the ultimate goal. Now that I don't know how to do. Yeah, that is that is <laughs> that yes, I that is tough. And the only thing I can think of is and I don't know if this is stupid. That's why we need to speak to or naive. I, I, the word stupid is a stupid word. Is this is this idea of as Bitcoin goes down, which I'm speculating, is it an anti-fragile strategy to shift a lot of things to Bitcoin at that time? Because in the world where currencies are really devalued, uh, people start using their cryptocurrency. Say, say you gold start. And say you start. Say you're a consultant, right? Say you start charging. If Bitcoin is not super cheap, for every class is one Bitcoin, and you start hoarding Bitcoin, and then when it goes up. So exactly, is is the right strategy to to buy the two finite resources, one one physical and one digital? Is the right strategy to buy gold and Bitcoin when when they're low? When they're low, assume, assuming yes. Bitcoin goes low, that maybe low. not gold. So that's there is the how to protect, and then there's how to thrive, and we have to figure out how to thrive. That's the ideal thing, is, is how to thrive. It's easy to make money when things are going up. It's much, much harder and much more it's like trying to. It's like trying to catch a knife. It's, how, it's trying like to... A falling knife. Yeah, yes. Um, and so that's the sum total of where my head's at with this impending doomsday apocalypse. Before we move on to the third part, third act of this story, any thoughts, any what's your initial impression of all of this so i'm too young to remember 2008 i only remember living in new york and making ut that's yeah. all that's the only thing i remember i don't remember anything else so i don't i don't remember like i don't feel i don't have like trauma from like i don't remember like standing in a bread line or something like that so i i don't know what something like this means to a person like me like something something like a financial crash what how does that affect me do i like am i not gonna be able to go to university it's like is you know what i mean and how long will it last because i feel like right now we've lost i don't know i don't want to say we've lost but we've been affected by corona a lot like for the past basically two years we've been inside i mean um, like, give or take a couple of months when we go outside and lockdown ends but we've really I feel like we've really lost a lot of time somehow and i'm wondering Will something like the this this financial crisis will that add to it as well? Because like I've I've read about the I've read about uh, 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 the Great Depression and things like that, and I'm wondering like will that be our future as well? My future as well? Like am I gonna be thirty and not be able to get a job? You know what I mean? Like I'm not like seriously thinking about it, but that's just one possibility that like, I've been thinking about. Like what? Am I gonna? How much time am I gonna lose if something like this happens? Well, there is talk about a global depression, whereas back then it was localized to the U.S. Um, it could be there could be a global depression, and forget getting not being able to get a job. What about not being able to feed your family? Yeah, it's gonna. Yeah, that's that's what I'm like thinking about, like. What what happens then? And so this is a great segue to the third part of this conversation. Having said everything I've said, I'm actually not worried. Why you're not worried? I'm not worried about 
any of this stuff because you're old and like you don't you feel like you've lived your life and no. you're happy now you can sit on the porch and watch the watch the storm come no i'm just not worried even if a global depression happens i'm not sitting here biting my nails worried about any of this stuff i'm doing what i can to prepare and to think about how best to protect my family but let's let's do the thought experiment and say there is a global depression and the doomsday scenario folks are right and people who predict uh, a global collapse of the you know a global um, collapse of the United States no 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 not the United States is a global like, everything's interconnected you know there's a statement when the US sneezes Europe gets pneumonia everything's interconnected and so if there there's no there's no going to be there's not going to be a localized depression it'll be a global depression and so let's assume that that actually happens and i can't find work and there are days when we are hungry uh-huh and if that's and i thought of this worst case scenario and i said okay we're going to be hungry you know it doesn't actually scare me Okay, so <laughs> that's not exactly very and, reassuring. And I think, why? I We're hungry for a couple of days or for a very long time. And people, we might not be able to order sushi every night like we can now or order. Well, we're in Turkey. We can't order sushi it's every night. It's disgusting. But, <laughs> but we can order meat. We can eat meat whenever we want. Yeah. Right? And we can eat whatever kind of meat. If you want filet mignon, we can get filet yeah, mignon. If we want filet, we if can want a lamb chop, we can get lamb chop. Yeah. Whereas your grandfather told you that he never ate stuff like that. Maybe he ate one. meat once a year. Yeah. And he's okay. He He's fine the way he is. He's he's not really affected. I mean, you see, you're thinking something like it'll be character building. Is that what you're saying? I think there's no reason to be afraid. There's no reason to fear being hungry. Well, we're hungry one month a year. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. You've actually been training to be hungry. And I'm not saying, by the way, that we should want this but we it's not as bad as but we shouldn't fear it we should not fe- we should not live in a state of fear we should prepare and we should think through things and we should speculate and we should talk about cryptocurrency and gold and do all of that stuff because that's what responsible adults do but you should never in my opinion fear losing the money or if you can find bread and some water then you're okay well you'll survive yeah but we might not be able to, or not if it's in this case us, it might be whole societies might not be able to have meat all the time. But I think it's fine. And but do you think that's actually going to happen in in the future, in the uh, near future? Yeah, I think that, that that is a real possibility. If you look at the entire system, again, becoming a system thinker. And how long do you think something like that would last? I don't know. Timing these things is very difficult. But... You have to think, huge powers are just spending so much money and printing so much money, and something there's that, a there house of cards. There has to, something has to give. There has to be, yeah. Not, you can't just keep going like this without anything happening. Without any consequences, right? But what I don't think I should do, you should do, is be afraid. Ever be afraid. Even worst case scenario, and we are really, really hungry. You know what? There's a lot of places in this world that are really, really hungry right now. Yeah. You know, and, and maybe, just maybe, it might be our turn as well. 
that's a sobering thought. And so we prepare, we think, we strategize, but I think never fear. You know, we think about being anti-fragile, but never, never be afraid. N never be afraid of, at least I, I, I try, of losing wealth. Don't let it have the control over you. Yeah. Never be afraid of losing wealth. Don't be afraid of being hungry. Like, I remember when I was running in the desert doing that race. It was really, really educational for me. In what way? You have to carry everything you need for the whole race, for the eight days. To survive, you have to carry everything with everything. you. Everything. You have to carry what you're going to sleep in. You have to carry your food. You have to carry everything. And people were so afraid of three things. They were afraid of being cold, so they would carry at night. So they would carry too much um, blankets and all the, all those type of things. Thermal. They were terrified of being hungry. People were really terrified of being hungry, so they would carry so much food, more than they would need. And I remember going into the race, thinking, I don't mind being hungry and I don't mind being uncomfortable. So I want to be as light as possible. What did you mind? I minded, the only thing I really minded was being attacked by a dog. <laughs> that was the only thing I really, or being bit by a scorpion. Those are the two things that I minded. Uh -huh. But the creature comforts, I remember thinking to myself, you know, I have been fasting once a month my whole life. I know what it's like to be hungry. So I'm going to carry the minimum amount of food possible. So you can just maintain yourself. You don't need to gorge yourself. I, it's a race. Just, I just maintained 2,000 calories in my bag. So 2,000 calories a day, which is the minimum amount you can carry for the race. And I was okay. I was hungry. I remember being hungry. But physically, you were, you were able to I was run okay. your race. Yeah. I was okay being uncomfortable. And you're fine. And you're okay with handing off hunger but for seeing, being able but to. But people were so terrified of being uncomfortable or being hungry. And so some people had so much food. You know, so much food they were carrying out of fear of being hungry or cold or, or, or different things and, and planning for every eventuality. I just went in thinking I'm ready to be uncomfortable. We have to go into this 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 apocalypse ready to be uncomfortable. Ready to be uncomfortable and and, and happy to be uncomfortable. And because that's the only if if something like this does truly happen, the only way people will be able to survive it and be able to withstand it is if you have the right mindset, right? Exactly. And that's the mindset we have to cultivate. We have to cultivate in ourselves and in the same way that we're preparing to protect money and becoming anti-fragile, you also have to prepare your mindset that although we really don't want this to happen, and I hope it doesn't happen, if it does happen, oh it's well. okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh well. So what? You know, we'll, we'll be forced to become spirited men. <laughs> yeah. Well. How, how do you I, feel? I really hope it doesn't happen, and I'm gonna have the right attitude and all that. But I'd still rather it didn't happen. And what if it did? 
well then I'm gonna have to go start making a knife and stuff stuff like that. <laughs> Turn the outdoor patio into into a tent. Yeah, but how do you? If you were to s- describe how you feel now in one word, cautious. For me, it's probably happy. Why? I feel happy. Why? I don't know. That's how I feel. Oh. You and I have very different views on and this up and on what's good and what might happen, but I, I agree with you. I think you know life is meant to because be. Because my uh, main concern, yeah, is that I feel like if something like this happens, what happens to me? Like, am I gonna end up like, like the you know the soldiers in World War Two and they come back and their lives are basically ruined. They fought in these three four years and it's really destroyed them. And for the rest of their lives, they face these repercussions. Yeah, but that's because I'm going to flip it to the other side. And then there are people who come back and they're they're amazing people that understand the value of life and things like that. And do extraordinary things. And I think it all comes down to mindset. There are people who go to war and come out with trauma and people who go to war and come out incredible, even more incredible than they went in. We have to decide. It's all mindset, you know, and uh, there are people when they're crushed by pressure and there are people who become diamonds, diamonds or exactly by pressure. And that's where I'm talking about your mindset and the mindset you cultivate is critical to that. Mm -hmm. You know, I want you as a person because I think you are better than me in almost every way to be anti-fragile which is to say if something like this happens you come out you gain from that disorder you gain from that very very difficult situation you come out a diamond i hope so and so that that's why i'm happy i'm happy because i believe you are one of those people i really do hope so don't hope think think about these things visualize it and then make it happen. Don't, it doesn't just happen with, with hope. Yeah. Well, if the apocalypse happens and after, we should do a podcast episode to see what happened as, as a good uh, summary. Well, if if there's internet. <laughs> if, there's, if there's electricity. We might have to, we, yeah, we might use like two cups and a string. Because you know what Einstein said? Uh, I hope he said it because there's so many Einstein quotes that we'll are. Google it after. What did he say? He said, I don't know what the third word third world war will be fought with and what weapons but i knew i've I've heard and i do know the fourth one will be fought with like sticks and stones or something like that yeah well this as i said this has been a very sobering conversation uh thank you baba and you're welcome